Welcome to Start Here, Go Everywhere. I am Linda Moyo, an alumna of Jobs for America's graduates. On this podcast, we bring you incredible guests from all walks of life, offering the skills to educate, inspire, and challenge you to succeed in both school, on the job skills, and in personal life, leading to productive and rewarding careers. Hi, everyone. My name is Linda, and today I have somebody special on the Start Here, Go Everywhere podcast. It is the one and only Chuck Knapp. He is the CEO and president of JAG Kansas. How are you, Chuck? I am well, Linda, and I know because I've watched that all of your guests are special. Thank you for (laughs) including me in that group. Of course, but... I think there is something to be noted about you, Chuck. What makes you uniquely special is, and I've noticed this in the interactions I've had with you personally or just noticed it other times when you're interacting with other people, you have this, I don't know if it's charisma, confidence, but also humility. You can connect with people and they... It makes them feel like they're heard and understood, and you do it in a way that's just fantastic. So I think that's the number one thing that makes you so unique and special. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later, uh, because I want to dig in and see how you've become the leader that you are. So, But before that, I do want to get to know a little bit about your middle school and high school journey. What was that like for you? Well, for me, it was junior high because I'm older. And so back then it was seventh, eighth and ninth grade. Uh And I grew up on a small farm outside of Augusta, Kansas, which is near Wichita, about 12 miles east of Wichita. So I I grew up with hogs and cattle. I have one (laughs) sister. Uh, My dad also had a full-time job. He was a plumber. He worked for a mechanical contractor. So he worked on buildings and refineries and things like that. I was involved in 4-H, which is a great youth leadership program. Uh, Augusta's fairly small, so I you know, had a, a good supportive community around me, great teachers. Uh, my mom was, was sick a lot of the time when I was in elementary school, mm-hmm. and so that had a little bit of an impact. My grandma stayed with us for a little while. Um, But it was really kind of the, I would say, Norman Rockwell-esque childhood. Uh, Both parents, uh, and you could do everything in Augusta. You could be in athletics. I was an average athlete at best on my good days, but uh, (laughs) knew knew my role on the team and and tried to do that as well as I could. But you could also be in drama and and, uh, other activities in the school because it was so small and it wasn't tiny, but it was small enough that you could do a lot of different things. And I enjoyed being part of a lot of different groups in our particular class. And I graduated in 1984. We were pretty close and uh, you know, there, there were certainly little groups, but we all got along really well together. Yeah. And so that was kind of, kind of the environment in which I grew up. How small or big was your class? We had 103 graduate, so that's large compared to some of our JAG-K programs where they have 61 in the school, mm-hmm. but uh, certainly it's much smaller than you know any of our Wichita or Kansas City programs.
it, it was a good size. We were a 4A school at the time. And uh, I just, I really enjoyed growing up in Augusta. I did participate in some some other activities. I volunteered for the Red Cross, Bloodmobile, and and did things like that. But again, smaller town could get involved. And I and I chose to do that because I you alluded to this a little bit, but I really like people and I like being around people. And so that I just tended to be involved in activities that would allow me to do that. Yeah. So tell me when you were in high school, did you know what you wanted to do? I know that the big thing or the big picture about JAG is to prepare students so that they can have a successful career, life, et cetera. Did you know what you were doing back then? I know you were involved in this or that, but did you really know? Well, and that, and like I think most students, what I wanted to do in junior high was different than what I wanted to do as a sophomore in high school. Yeah. I can't even honestly remember what I wanted to do sophomore year, but at one time I thought I wanted to be an attorney. Mm. And then I realized that that was going to require a lot of studying. Um, so <laughs> I, I started, actually my junior year, I got involved in drama mm-hmm. and forensics. Oh. And I, I happened to do, one of my events was humorous solo. And I really liked making people laugh and you know just entertaining people. And so by my senior year, I wanted to be the next David Letterman. And uh-huh. so for younger, younger people watching who may not know who David Letterman is, he was a, a national talk show, pretty irreverent when he started and, and probably just got really, um, I don't know, kind of salty at the end of his career. But <laughs> when in the 80s, late 80s, mid to late 80s, he was he was really popular and hot and clever. And, and I wanted I wanted to do something like that. So I went to KU and um, entered the radio TV film program, mm-hmm. specializing or, or focusing on broadcast performance. And then after I graduated from KU, I actually went into radio okay. and um, soon after discovered that I really preferred face-to-face yeah. interaction with people rather than being in a box and talking into a microphone, which is what I'm back to now <laughs> uh, with with our little video we do called it used to be coffee with chuck now it's espresso yourself with chuck so that's the reason for this this oversized microphone wait so now tell me about this so you your interests that you had way back then are starting to have this turnaround now in your career uh how did the coffee with chuck now known as express yourself with chuck come about it was it was actually an idea suggested to me by one of our career specialists. Oh. And her principal at the school did a weekly video, and it, he thought it helped connect him to the students. Mm-hmm. And the specialist, her name was Rachel Hand. She's no longer with us, but still a friend of the program, and she was a great specialist. She suggested that I do something similar to that. So I started doing... It was probably more bi-weekly than weekly, but I did this mm-hmm. little video and I would talk to people about their career paths or sometimes it would just be me talking about certain things related to Jack K or, or some other relative, or at least what I thought was relative content. Mm-hmm. And so we've done that for a couple of years and then we have a new VP of strategic advancement and, a, and kind of a new marketing team. And they wanted to take it up a notch, which, you know, the bar is pretty low. So um, 
one of the, the middle schools actually suggested it was Westridge Middle School in the Shawnee Mission District. They suggested espresso yourself with Chuck because I learned that there was another coffee with Chuck oh, program yeah. on YouTube. Yeah. And so thought we needed to do something different. So they came up with that idea. And then there was a discussion with some of our middle school programs about a logo. And that ultimately led to the son-in-law of our VP of Strategic Advancement, Mark Bisbing, who is a tattoo artist mm -hmm. developing a logo that is a caricature of me with a coffee mug and, and a microphone in front yeah. of it. So uh, we're going to launch that in September. Ooh. Do espresso yourself with Chuck and uh, they're going to, they're going to take it up a notch. I said that they would have to do the editing then because I don't know that I can take it up a notch. I was pretty much doing the basics. So <laughs> I need someone like you, Linda, to, to do all this technical stuff. <laughs> well, I can't wait to see this new branding. Stay tuned for September uh, when that comes out. And Chuck, for the thing that you do with this show of yours, it has a lot to do with talking and also leadership. And that is huge for the kind of role that you do have as the CEO and president. Uh, so talk to me about how someone can become a good leader? Oh, I think there are many paths and, you know, it just, it, it varies. I think you can get any number of leadership books and, and I've been reading several and I don't always agree with, with the direction of some folks for me personally. Yeah. And this started back in 4-H. I was president of the 4-H club, but it really was because people liked me. I mean, at that point, it was kind of, it was, <laughs> I don't want to say a popularity contest, but my senior year, I was, I was not most likely to succeed. I got the award best personality. Mm. So, you know, I just, I liked people, but I also just kind of went back to Sunday school and, you know, treated them like I wanted to be treated, yeah. the golden rule. And that, yeah. that led to opportunities. Uh, my, first, my first job was in radio, as I said, but then I worked for the American Red Cross and I was a substitute teacher for a little while. But then the, the first job that I really kind of loved was mm -hmm. working for my U.S. representative. And so I was working for a member of Congress and I liked my job was to help people who were having mm. difficulties with the federal government. Yeah. And so that, that really put me in touch with a lot of different types of leaders. And you could kind of see the ones that were most successful in my view were the mm -hmm. ones that treated people well. And yeah. certainly they were, they were talented in, in other areas, but those were the ones that, that I thought I, I would want to work for. Mm -hmm. And, and so again, there, you, you know, there, there are different types of leaders too, just like there are different types of personalities oh, yeah. and good leaders aren't, aren't limited to one personality type. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but, but in, in my coffee with Chuck program, I would talk to leaders and they may not have the title of leader, but they were leaders in their field or, or whatever. Yeah. And oftentimes they had similar stories to those of our students. Huh. They, they may have had challenges earlier in life 
and they had to overcome those challenges. Mm -hmm. And so there was something within them that that internal fire, that that resilience. Yeah, and I do think that's that's important for leadership. That you cannot. It, it's great to fail. I mean, it really is. As long as you learn from that failure, and that's something you will see in most of those leadership books. Mm -hmm. Is um, if you don't fail, that means you're not trying something. And leaders yeah. need to try new things. You cannot rest on your laurels or on the laurels of the organization because that organization will become stale mm. if you do that. And yeah. so I think, at least for me personally, that's one of the things we've tried to do at Jack K is constantly get better. Mm -hmm. and, and we've made mistakes. I've made mistakes. And you have to recognize and acknowledge those mistakes and you know, apologize if that's necessary, but, but continue to move on. You can't let a mistake prevent you from doing new things because our mission is to help students prepare for successful futures. And if we're not future oriented, yeah. then how can we expect that the, the future is going to look right for our students if we're not looking at the future and trying to make it better ourselves? That's so true. It's almost like that one quote that says something like, you can't keep doing the same thing, expecting a different result. And so that's what I appreciate as an alumna of Jack Kansas, that you are always just going and looking towards the future, taking what's current and seeing how you can continue to grow and just revolutionize that. So that's amazing. Uh, I know you talked about, and I think you're most likely in the realm of being a leader only. But I think the one thing that people miss that's vital for leadership are good followers. So what does it take for people to be good followers? Because there's a lot of followers. You have to be a follower in situations, but how do you become a good follower if let's say you have that good leader? Well, I, and, and I think, so we have leaders within our organization. I mean, mm -hmm. just by title and position on the org chart, I, I guess yeah. I'm the, the top leader just because of, of the role. But yeah. we, have, we have directors, we have regional mm -hmm. managers, VPs, and so they're, and even our specialists are leaders in their own right. They're, they're leading their programs. Mm -hmm. uh, and certainly, I would argue they have the most important role in our organization. But what we're looking for at some point, we're all followers. Mm -hmm. I have a board of directors, so I have to follow <laughs> their direction, right? Everybody has a yeah. boss. And yeah. I happen to have 21 of them, uh, the board of directors. So what we're looking for in our culture within JAG-K is an organization full of ideal team players. And I think mm -hmm. that's somewhat similar uh, to a follower, but it's a follower who understands their value within mm. the organization. Yeah. And so we talk about the three traits of ideal team or ideal team players, humble, hungry, and smart. And the definition that Patrick Lencioni has for humble is lack of arrogance, team first, and team over self. But the other part of that definition is understanding that you have a skill set that you were hired to bring to the organization and you yeah. need to be confident enough and care enough about the team to share your thoughts, your ideas, and your skills. 
And so yeah. I think good followers need to be able to do that. And leaders need to, good leaders need to allow them to do that. Yeah. So you mentioned a little bit ago about how you are part of Jack Kansas. Can you tell me a little bit about how you got started with that ultimately? And you told us, you know, why you are still part of this great organization. And I want you to talk a little bit more about that as well. Sure. Well, and to provide some context, I'm going to be 56 in August and I've had 23 jobs in my life since college. So I've had a lot of jobs. Now, most of them have been in kind of the the government sector. and, Mm -hmm. and, um, So it's been either upward movement or lateral because of elections or things like that. But this is the second longest job I have had in my life Mm -hmm. as president and CEO of JAG-K. When I was first introduced to JAG-K, I was deputy secretary of operations for the Department for Children and Families. And I Mm. oversaw eight departments, and one of those was grants and contracts. And DCF funded and still funds most of JAG Kansas. I was familiar with the program because we funded it and it was one of our Mm -hmm. grants. I saw the numbers. I saw the statistics, the outcomes, and that's impressive. But on August 27th, 2014, I actually visited a classroom in Concordia, Kansas. It was Concordia Junior Senior High School. And I I won't go into a story, but a compelling story by one of the students had a really tough, really tough life. Father died literally in his arms when he was a young child and just had a really challenging childhood. And I was with the governor at the time in this classroom. And this young man told the governor, Jag K saved my life. Mm. It it got him on a different path. It gave him self-confidence. And that had a profound impact on me. That was in 2014. Mm -hmm. So a couple of years, less than a couple of years later, there was a vacancy in the president's position for Jag K. And I was approached by the chairman of the board who happened to be the governor's deputy chief of staff. And she asked if I was interested. And at the time I was actually the chief of staff to the lieutenant governor, uh, which was a a good job um, and loved the people I worked with and and all of that. But I wanted to be associated with an organization that made a difference, a positive difference in people's Mm -hmm. lives. And so I jumped at the opportunity, went through the process. And fortunately I was, I was hired and I started August 1st, 2016 as president. Oh, that's great. So far, do you have a favorite JAG memory? I know you just shared your experience being in this classroom, but do you have a favorite JAG memory? When Linda Moyo was elected state (laughs) career association president, I think that was probably at least one of them. Now we've one of them. (laughs) You, you, I mean, you're you're just an example of so many great students that we've had go through this program and and gosh I don't know that there's I don't know that there's one memory but but most of them are related to student activities uh, yeah I mean, you know going through covid was a challenge but yeah. we had 
students and specialists alike just rise to the occasion. Um, taking, I think taking students to DC is, is really special. Yeah. And I like the new format for NSLA, but I will miss taking so many students to Washington because that, mm-hmm. that's really a life-changing event. So I, I, I have some very fond memories of, of NSLA. Um, but then also just even at state training with our staff in July. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like asking me uh, which child I love best. It, it's really difficult. Yeah, you just can't. Yeah. And that means you're really, you're, this is more than a job. This is more than a career. And that is a good sign. So that's exciting to hear. Uh, Chuck, what, I know you talked about uh, when it comes to leadership, that the number one thing or kind of like your mantra is just treat everybody the same way that you would like to be treated. Do you have any other life mantras that you just live by? I try to be consistent. Mm. Um, and in all of these things, I acknowledge that that I fail often. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I will. I will catch myself sometimes because I'll get frustrated, just mm-hmm. either with the, the situation or, or whatever, and maybe I'll be short with someone, or, or you know, whatever the case is. And yeah. so none of us are perfect, and I think that's another thing is you have to give yourself grace. Certainly, give mm-hmm. others grace, but you have to give yourself some grace too. Um, but I, but I try to be pretty even keeled and consistent, so people are going to know what they can expect from Chuck now. Mm. Um, yeah. Whether that's good or bad, they'll know what to expect. <laughs> Consistency. That's huge. I've recently been listening to podcasts and reading books and they talk about consistency. And one of the things that successful people do is have like a consistent routine. So I've been also trying out this thing of waking up at 4.30 a.m., having a little bit of time for myself and then going out there and doing everything in service of others. So I love how you brought up consistency because it's something that we often overlook and it's with that consistency that you can become successful in whatever you want to do. Now, I think the other really important thing is trust, building trust. Mm. And I think you build trust through consistency. That's yeah. one of the things we're trying to do with our organization is, is build trust. And that's another Patrick Lencioni book is called The Advantage, but also um, Five Dysfunctions of a, fam- or of a Team is another one. And, and mm. he says the foundation of a successful and healthy organization is trust. And part of building trust is being able to have healthy conflict. And that kind of gets back to the other thing I was talking about, where people need to be in an environment where they can speak freely, respectfully, mm. but freely. And ideas are, are, are welcome. And so I, I think that's another important thing, along with consistency, is trust. Yeah. Being trustworthy. Yeah, that's good. And before we wrap up, I just have to share a story with you uh, for one of my interactions that I've had with you. I think this was at a state conference for JAG. I don't even remember if I was a student or I was just a guest coming back. You're like, oh, Linda, Linda, uh, do you want to go up there and give a little bit of a speech? And I was like, what? What what do you mean? What do you mean? Um, 
I was freaking out and I was like, okay, but I can do it. So I just went up there on stage. I don't remember a word I said, but I got up there and I said something. And one thing that I appreciate is that you push people. And so that also taught me though, uh, for me to be a good leader, I need to be always prepared. Is that something that you would say is the usual for being a good leader? Just always be prepared for whatever situation comes up. And uh, Yes, I think so. Uh, now, I will admit that I'm not always as prepared as I should be. And I think part of that is just over time, I guess I've gotten more confident and comfortable that I can rise to the occasion and, and maybe I don't uh-huh. all the time, but, <laughs> but I know Jag well enough now, or at least Jag K that, that I feel like I could go before a group of legislators or someone and talk about Jag K without having a, you know, a speech written. But, yeah. but I think the other thing about leadership, and I, I agree with what you're saying there is be prepared, but also it is to push people and recognize their potential and you had already demonstrated your potential numerous times as president of our, our career association. So I knew, even if maybe you didn't, and, and if you didn't, it certainly didn't, it wasn't reflected in your remarks, but I knew you could get up there and deliver those remarks because I'd seen you do it many times before. And you had, you had given an incredible commencement speech. And although I wasn't there personally, I watched it later, the video. Um, at your graduation, um, that commencement speech was awesome. Um, and so I recognized in you that you were, you were greatness, uh, for lack of a better term. And, and we're so proud of what you have done moving on and working with JAG National now and, and some of the other things you've done in the community. Uh, so we're very proud of you as a JAG K alum and, and, uh, look forward to our continued relationship going forward. Of course. And now I'd like to take a moment to acknowledge you, Chuck, of all the work that you do. Uh, every time I hear the word Chuck Knapp, it's related to, wow, Chuck, oh, I know Chuck. And it's always in such a positive tone uh, because you really impact people and you truly are that consistent person and live up to that uh, and being there for people and treating them uh, just as much as you would, as good as you would like to be treated. And so that's such an amazing quality as a person and also as a leader, and especially as a leader of this amazing organization, which you continue to surpass the barriers yourself and just climb uh, to progress and do it well. So we appreciate all the work you do and thank you for coming on here today. Well, thank you for inviting me. And all of those things we've accomplished at JAG-K are because of a great team. It, mm. it is a, a, an effort of, of many. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest things, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at JAG Students. Thanks again and see you next time.